GoLongTD.com, humanizing pro football journalism. The man needs no introduction. Steve Calhoun, we've we've heard from you a few times these past few years. It's been just awesome to to get to know you. Armed and Dangerous Football, obviously, is your company. You've been uh, mentoring Jordan, Jordan Love, since eighth grade. Yes. Uh, You've also worked with Russell Wilson, Cam Newton, Keenan Allen, uh, a whole bunch of guys. But how in the hell you been, man? Good to see you. I've been good. You know, when it's football season – you always see the smile on my face <laughs> because hey, it's not, I mean, it's so depressing, you know, after the Super Bowl, it's just like, oh man, what am I going to watch on TV? But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited, for, you know, for that the season started and, and, and Jordan's playing well and all the guys I've had the opportunity to, to mentor, um, are doing well. So, but yeah, we're here to talk about Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. So, hey, let's get it rolling. I mean, I think a lot of listeners, readers, I mean, they, they've heard from you, obviously, since we even launched Go Along. I think that's when we first connected. But can you just give a little background on how you and Jordan first connected, how you became a mentor, a coach? And it, it does go all the way back to eighth grade, right? Absolutely. Yeah, when uh, uh, it all connected with uh, um, Jordan's high school head coach, um, who was uh, the head coach of Cody Kessler who's also from uh, the city of Bakersfield. So um, just working with Cody, I got to work with Cody from the sixth grade all the way up through, you know, once he got drafted, but once he was in high school, um, you know, I continued to work with Cody. Cody went to USC and coach Nixon, Brian Nixon is the head coach uh, of Jordan's high school head coach. He called me up and said, Hey, I have another one. I have another one that I want you to start working with. He's going to be special. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, I'm going to connect you with, you know, with his mom and, and, and let's get it rolling. And so that's how it all started, you know, many, many moons ago. (laughs) One thing we've talked about, I've written it a number of times is I feel like Green Bay, when they drafted Jordan, a lot of it had to do with the intangible, the mental toughness. Mm -hmm. Um, this is somebody that was going to face adversity, plow through it. Right. had the kind of attributes that, that you can't coach, that you can't teach, and all the other stuff, accuracy, mechanics, you're going to work on them with. Matt LaFleur can work on them with. Like That stuff is teachable, but he's got some some tools and some characteristics that you just either have or you don't have as a human being. How, how early in his development did you kind of notice that he is a mentally tough kid? Um, that we, we hear him in press conferences, even the way he plays, it's so flatlined, right? Like he is laser beam. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it goes all the way back to, um, you know, we had, we had started working and I mean, our workouts are, are pretty intense. I'm a real intense guy because I want it done, uh, correctly, uh, after the second or third time. Okay. The first time, that's fine. You messed up. Okay. Let me give you the information again. But I mean, I'm, I'm pretty intense and I never, rattled him he never was like oh my god coach calhoun just keeps yelling at me type deal um i don't never say i'm yelling i'm always coaching in a loud voice so i'm never yelling <laughs> <laughs> but uh but it never he just took in the information it, it never felt like he never felt like it was a personal attack on him he just know that i'm very very demanding so along with that and then seeing him uh he was at a rivals camp um got his sophomore year and there was you know a bunch of big time quarterbacks out there and he just, you know, he went about his business and, you know, all these other guys are getting all this media attention and uh, he just went about his business and was, was, you know, very accurate that day and, 
and put himself on the map. And it, you know, just a situation where the stage was never too big, where he was just kind of wide eyed and looking around like, Oh my gosh, you know, so that was, those are, um, definitely told me that, you know, whatever he faces, you know, whether it's, you know, a high school, uh, packed house at a high school stadium or a packed house at a college stadium, you know, he would be able to uh, handle it. Right. Because even, you know, even in a rough game against Detroit, there were plays where Aiden Hutchinson is about to hit his jaw. He knows he's about to get creamed and he still can deliver that, whatever it was, a fourth and nine to the Dobbs over the middle like that. You know, and Justin Fields had a pretty good game last week, but I feel like a Justin Fields, there are some quarterbacks where they might not have that to him. And he he has that to his makeup uh, where he is just not going to be flustered. And so you're down 17-0 against the Saints, the fourth quarter. You know, there's even some booze at Lambeau Field, which is which is wild. Uh, and then you have the you know, comeback win. I mean, maybe it would be, everybody will remember that like they do uh, Favre against the Bengals in 92. I guess, what do you see? Four games yeah. in. What, mm-hmm. what do you see in Jordan Love? You you know you probably know his game better than Jordan does. Yeah, well, you know the first thing about being able to to stand in the pocket, um, and you have an Aiden Hutchinson coming down to hit you right in the teeth, and you got to stand to deliver the ball. That uh, that cannot be taught. You you either have it, you know, from the mental makeup side of, okay. I'm just going to take this and I'm going to deliver the football or I'm going to, you know, we say chuck and duck. We'll chuck it and try to get out of the way. But he, you know, that's, that's just part of his makeup. Um, that's something that, that was ingrained or, you know, just part of his DNA. But, you know, four games in, I'm, I'm excited, you know, just to be able to see him play, um, every week and see how he's adjusting, you know, to, from team to team and just adjusting to the situation. Cause every situation right now, not everyone, but I would say 90% of the situations that he's facing are new. But the fact that he gets a chance to analyze it, go to the sideline, look at the, look at the, you know, um, the low iPad and, and kind of figure it out and come back and make those adjustments. It's, it's awesome to see. I mean, we, I try to recreate those scenarios in our workouts out here in California as, as best I can. But, you know, I can't create a situation with uh, Aiden Hutchin coming in the A gap, you know, going to hit you in the mouth and you got to stand there and throw the ball. I, I can't recreate that. But so it's exciting. That's a good way to put it. All right. Last one here and we'll, we'll open it up. We got a lot of Packer fans in here. I'm sure they have some awesome. phenomenal questions for you. Um, but like these last three years. So what, what's it really been like? The, 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 the dynamic each off season. We've talked about it, but like Matt LaFleur would, would give you stuff mm-hmm. to work on with Jordan Love. You're incorporating your own training, your own drills. You're simulating, simulate constantly just trying to recreate exactly. what he's going to see on Sunday. So that like, w- what are you doing together like on a day-to-day basis in the offseason? And, and then specifically, like after Aaron Rodgers signs that three-year, $150 million contract and 99.9% of people think, all right, they're just rolling with the four-time MVP. You better pawn Jordan off for some draft capital. Get what you can get. What was his like reaction to to that behind the scenes? How did he kind of take it to another level when it seemed he was kind of written off at that point? Yeah, you know the one thing about Jordan is uh, he really uh, follows that things that I have no control over. Why worry about it? I mean, he really follows that to the T. I preach it, um, but he really follows that to the T. Just hey, what can I do? What you know. For me, it would be uh, a little bit of a, a blow, kind of a punch, punch in the gut type deal. Where he's just like, oh, man, I, you know, I thought I was going to be able to get my opportunity, but if I can't get my opportunity here, okay, maybe I can go. And this is just me talking. This is not Jordan. Um, 
if I can't get my opportunity here, okay, well, let's, let's look for a diff- different situation. I feel that I'm ready to play after year three. I've learned a ton from the staff and from, you know, Aaron, but, you know, once they were, you know, able to make the trade and, you know, I think he was just really elated to, you know, that, uh, that the organization said, okay, hey, you know, we've seen enough from practice and a few of the games that you played in that, hey, you know, we're, we're behind you. So coming into this offseason, um, it was, it was a little bit of, you know, he's always had some pep in his step, but it, it was, it was different. <laughs> it had a little bit more bounce, you know, when he's dropped, you know, a little bit more velocity on the ball. Um, but it, it was awesome. And the, the one thing that kind of tied it all, uh, together for me is when we had our, our West Coast, uh, Green Bay, uh, Packer mini camp here in California, you know, where all the quarterbacks and receivers and running backs, they all came out and the way they rallied around him for that week, it was unbelievable. I mean, you're talking about the chemistry and just, you know, asking him, all right, hey, you know, hey, Jordan, you know, when I, you know, for example, with Christian, Christian would say, hey, well, when I ran this, this dig route at, you know, I ran it at, at 14, you know, when I was wearing, when, when I was working with Aaron, where, what's the depth do you want me to run it at? for you to feel comfortable, you know, and Jordan said, Hey, well, I want you to run it at right at about 12 and a half, 13 yards. And Christian was like, okay, done. You know, and Aaron would say, Hey, well, you know, when I'm checking here, you know, and I'm, I'm running this Texas route or this angle route, you know, I kind of kept it high away from this background. How do you want me to run it? And everything was just like catered to, how do you want me to do it? How can we make your job easier? And that was just the whole rallying call the whole week. It was, it was unbelievable to see how, they were really behind him and really, uh, and it was genuine to, to, to how we can make you better. Now, what can we do? Now, forget our games. What can we do to make you better? Cause they understood the type of pressure he was going to be, uh, faced with coming in, you know, after Aaron, you know, you know, left to, uh, New York. And so they just wanted to alleviate some of that and just like, okay, instead of putting it all on your shoulders, let's put it on all our shoulders. So now it's not that much pressure. So it was really great to see, you know, when that week came together. When was that? And who was all there? And what were they really doing? Oh, uh, we, okay. It was Christian Watkins, uh, Tay Wicks, um, Jay Reed, um, um, Aaron Jones, um, oh, God, it was, uh, Jeff Cotton. He was a receiver. I'm not sure if he, I don't think he's there anymore. Um, but it was those, those are the core guys that, that came out. And, you know, we were going through the playbook, you know, definitely working on some individual stuff. I, you know, I showed the receivers and, and the running backs and tight ends and stuff what we were doing in our workouts. You know, specific movements, you know, in the playbook or in a certain play that he would, you know, uh, be at the top of his drop. And so really give them a better understanding of what we're doing in the off season and how they can kind of fit into that puzzle. So it was great for them to see what we're doing in the off season the last 10 to 11 years. And then they can kind of adapt their game to, to Jordan and, and what he's doing and how he dropped and how he moved and what he's looking at and, and those things. So it, it was great to see. And it was, it was, uh, early July, right? Like the right. second week of July, right, right before training camp. Yeah. So like the second week of July before they all left and went to training camp. To speak the same language. I think the receivers and running backs have to appreciate that, you know, part of. Aaron yeah. Rodgers' greatness is he can audible, audible to a play that was ran when 
you know, they were in high school, but it's a little tougher <laughs> when you've got 22 and 23 year olds everywhere. It's like, okay, this is the play that Matt LaFleur's calling. We're going to run this play. Here's how we, here's how we're all going to be within mm-hmm. that play. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it was really, really good to see. I mean, and you know, they, they really brought the young guys along, you know, um, you know, Tay Wicks and, and Jay Reed, you know, they were really, uh, um, Exorbing all information, you know, and, and Jordan was really taking a leadership role and like, Hey, this is how I want you to run it. Hey, when you see this safety, you know, do this or he's coming, you know, make sure I'm going to give you this hand signal, you know, to make sure you know we're all on the same page. It was really good, you know, and with, with Christian, you know, coaching up the young guys and as well, you know, just giving them, you know, they're all young, but you know, he has a year or two on them as far as experience of playing in the yeah. game. And, and Romeo Dobbs, of course, Romeo was there. I apologize, Romeo. Um, he was there as well, you know, but those two, you know, Romeo and Christian was, you know, be able to give those younger guys, um, you know, just the information that, you know, you don't normally get when you're coming into your rookie season. So just giving them those, those, those real good nuggets to help you be successful in the field. All right. I know we've got some great questions out there. So just like we always do, gang, fire away and we'll, uh, see where the conversation takes us. All right. Hey, Steve, thanks for doing this. Um, so uh, I'm really intrigued by the whole way that private quarterbacks coaches interact with kinds of, you know, the, the teams and the stats of these on the teams. Like, obviously, I would think that runs kind of a, a gamut, right? Like, mm-hmm. Sean obviously had some interesting comments about how the building was run with Russ Wilson under the prior staff and even Belichick with Tom Brady and his people. Curious right. what that looks like for you and the Packers staff and Matt LaFleur. Like, are you in touch throughout the year during the off season? Like, what is that relationship like? And, and how do you guys handle that? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm not in touch with Coach LaFleur directly. Um, everything's ran through Jordan. Um, so Coach LaFleur will, will give Jordan some information about stuff he wants to improve on. Jordan would relay that information to me. And so as I'm building Jordan's workouts in the offseason, those are the things that I'm implementing along with the stuff I want him to get done. Um, I'm implementing those things, you know, that Coach LaFleur wants done. And so I film every one of Jordan's workouts. Um, and so give that to Jordan after the workout, you know, let him know about the corrections. And then he would send that on to coach the floor and just let him know, okay, these are the things that we worked on that we're addressing. So I don't have direct contact to uh, uh the Packers organization or, you know, coach the floor at all. So um I'm just a small piece of the puzzle. Um Just try trying to help Jordan and the Packers organization, you know, win ball games. But, uh, um, but yeah, everything's ran through Jordan. You know, I have no direct contact uh, with Coach LaFleur or, or Coach Clements. Hey, Steve, this has been um, awesome. And again, thanks for all the work that you've been doing with our quarterback. Um, one of the things that we've seen, and it happens every year towards the beginning of the season, is the O-line. They're not protecting enough. The quarterbacks are being exposed, et cetera, et cetera. Um, for a quarterback playing his first season in the NFL like Jordan is, how do you find his adjustment of, you know, understanding those protections, making sure that they're double teaming the right person and making those necessary adjustments at the line? Well, I think it, uh, from an offensive standpoint, um, I think all the coaches, um, have to do their job. You know, the O line has, O line coach has to do his job. The running back coach has to do his job. Quarterback coach has to do his job. And I think they're all on the same page. But as far as a quarterback, if you have a, a O line that has not jailed yet, you start to think of, Hey, what can I do as a quarterback to, uh, 
to take away some of the weaknesses that my O-line might have. Okay, let me speed up my drop. Um, let me slide in the pocket a little bit more to my right if I feel that I'm going to be getting pressure from the left side and the left side has not jailed yet. So there's things as a quarterback that you can actually do to help hide some of the inefficiencies that your O-line might have until they jail together. That's a really good point because there were definitely those moments in that Detroit game, you know, th- there's injuries, there's just um, guys that, that play where Hutchinson just hit, hit your, hit your guy. I think like running is kind of like trying to like pass Hutchinson off to somebody, but there's nobody there <laughs> to pass him off to, which is better than I guess, Evan Neal, when he just blocked Darren Waller, his own teammate the other night. So, uh, but yeah, it's just, it's going to be a muddy pocket, right? And that maybe that's where the experience that last year at Utah State mm-hmm. helps when so yeah. many, so many guys around you graduated or were injured. How, how tough was that last year? And how much did that really help his development when outside looking in, you might look at his numbers and think, Oh, he regressed. He wasn't as good as he was the year before, but that kind of simulated life in the NFL more than. Anything, right? You don't got five stars around you giving you this perfect pocket like you might have at Alabama or Georgia, whatever. That's correct. I think a lot of the stuff that, you know, he went through at, at Utah State, he's able to translate now to the Green Bay Packers. Just like you said, they, uh, they had some, some seniors that graduated and went on and had some young guys playing. So again, as a quarterback for myself, I, you know, I definitely did it as well. Just like, okay, if I understand like my right tackle is, is, is struggling a little bit. Okay. So in, at the top of my drop, I'm just going to slide a little bit to my left to just give him a chance to, to, or give myself a little bit more space, you know, cause he's, he's, he's working some things out as, as a young player or until my offensive line gel, or let me just speed up my drop, speed up my reads. Okay. To really, you know, again, take the attention and, and maybe some of the weaknesses off my own line, um, to help the whole process, the whole offense continue to move forward. Well said. I know we had a few more trickle in here. So yeah, if you guys have any, any thoughts, any questions, uh, feel free. Uh, so a question I have is that, uh, you know, when, when you're talking, it really sounds like Jordan's a bit more grounded in life. You know, it, okay. you get to some of his, his past experiences, like <laughs> been yeah. through some stuff. And Absolutely. I, I kind of think that really helps with the stress level when, when things aren't going well saying, you know what? It's a game. Exactly. You know, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's my, it's my livelihood, yes. but it's a game. And how, how does that show up on a, on a, on a regular basis with them? Does that help through the off season of putting things in the right perspective and pushing the right things? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it. If you, if you met Jordan's mom, Anna, um, and you understand Jordan's background, you know, the top adversity that he's been through. Yeah. I think yeah. there's nothing uh, that he can face on a Sunday or, or a Monday night football game uh, that can compare with what he's been through uh, in, in his own life. So, I mean, it definitely, that's a great point. You know, um, it is just a football game, um, you know, having, you know, the, the, the tough, uh, uh, Packer nation to live up to and the expectations that, that, <laughs> right. that, Aaron, that Aaron, you know, has already laid down and Brett Favre, they already laid down. And then now you're a young guy and, and you're the third quarterback, you know, in however many years, you know, and everybody's, you know, have these high expectations from the media to the Packers fan, you know, he really puts it in perspective and just says, okay, things I can, you know, things that I cannot control or I worry about it. 
but it, it is a game. The, the outside noise, the criticism, um, and the pressure that most, some guys feel is nothing, nothing at all. That's compared to, you know, what he had to go through, uh, as, as a young man, um, you know, growing up. I, I think it's amazing, like being, being four games in how little we've heard about people really criticizing his game so far. Like it's, there's been so, so much positive. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm taken aback. Like I, it's definitely very much exceeded my expectations so far. Wow. Uh, I'll, I'll be the first one to say that when Aaron took over, I was telling a buddy of mine at work, like, no, it's not going to last. Like Brian Brom's going to be starting by the end of the year. <laughs> it's very wrong about that. Very, very wrong. But I was legitimately uh, saying that. <laughs> so, no, um, no. But as, 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 as another question, like, when you're going through the off season, like I, I can understand like getting towards the end of the off season, you, you have some very much things that you, you feel like you need to work on these things. These are the core things that you really got to get better at. Mm-hmm. You need to find those every year. At what point in time do you say, you know what? We're like three weeks out from, from you getting back to the team. We need to get more into, you know, building up your confidence. Let's put aside the things we still need to work on. So mm-hmm. any of that with him or is he just no, all focused no. all work? Yeah, it's, it's, it's all work, you know. I think and, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. this is one thing, uh, uh, a coach shared this, not even a coach, a quarterback, um, shared this with me. His name is Cody Fajardo. He, you know, he's, he's a guy that I trained throughout high school and he's playing up in the CFL now. And, and I was working him out in the off season when he was at University of Nevada and I had a couple of young high school quarterbacks out there watching. And, uh, once we got done working out, uh, I say, hey, you guys have any questions for Cody? And they say, well, how do you feel, you know, confident? Or one of the, one of my problems is, is I, I don't feel confident all the time when I'm on the field. How, how do you feel confident? And he says, it comes from preparation. He said, when you prepare as hard as I do and, you know, you go through every possible scenario in the off season that coach Calhoun is putting me through, he goes, that preparation, turns into confident because there's not a situation or not a scenario that I have not seen that I'm not prepared for. So when I walk on the field, I'm like, okay, they're in the four, three under. Okay. They're in the cover six. Hey, they could be bringing the cat corner. Like I've already played all these scenarios in my head a thousand times. So it's the preparation that makes you feel confident. So that's when we're going through the off season with Jordan, I think that's the, the, the situation he's going through. So he feels when he, when he feels prepared that he cannot see anything that could surprise him. That's where the confidence comes in. And Steve, just uh, what you alluded to a few moments earlier for, for people who might be listening and don't know, I mean, Jordan, obviously he lost his dad around the yeah. same time that you mm-hmm. guys maybe met. Was that, was he in seventh, eighth right, grade then? Right after that's when I got a chance to meet Jordan uh, right after that. Yes, sir. How did he handle that in the moment? I mean, such a young age, I, I can't even fathom going through that as a, as a son when they were so unbelievably close. And how has it kind of even affected him to this day, just on a human level? Forget football. Yeah. You know what? Uh, I've never had, uh, I've never talked to Jordan about that. Um, not, not one time. It's just when wow. he, and he shows up, we were talking ball. Um, because, you know, right after, you know, he lost his father. Um, and I came into the picture, 
Um, I didn't know him well enough to be like, Hey, you know, Hey, is there anything you want to talk to me about? Or, you know, I can't even fathom, you know, I had, I've had both my parents. So that, you know, I could not even relate to that situation, but not one time, not one time, um, have I ever talked to him about his, his dad or, Hey, when your dad be proud to see you be the starting, starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. Not, not one time. Um, cause I wasn't there in that, in that beginning part to, to, be that close to him to even talk about. So it, you know, maybe now if he ever, you know, wanted to open up and just say, God, man, this would be awesome. You know, to, you know, I have my mom in the stands, you know, I would want my dad to see, you know, my, uh, you know, my, my father would see me playing, but if he brings that up, dude, I'm more than willing to talk to him about it, but I've never, not one time have a com- conversation uh, to him about that. And that's just kind of his space, his deal. And, you know, uh, that's, I'll leave that to him. It is so true, though. I mean, all these teams, they're trying to figure out if these players can overcome adversity, you know, in a game. Sure. Whether it's fourth down, fourth quarter, a minute and 30 seconds left, mm-hmm. um, you know, an injury, whatever. It's right. doesn't get, doesn't get any bigger than that. So they, they, I think the Packers knew the person. I mean, who knows what those conversations are like with the team and, and Jordan, but they, they, from your perspective, they, did they get a really good sense of his mental makeup? Before making him that twenty sixth overall pick, um, I think they did. You know, because one of one of the things uh, when I'm doing my draft prep, um, I have a list of questions that uh, former players of mine that's gone through the combine. I always ask each you know each of my players, whether it's quarterback, receivers, or tight ends, whoever I have the opportunity to work with. I say, hey, when you guys are getting those combine questions from these teams. Hey, write, you know, three or four of them down so I can compile a list of questions. So for the next, my next class. So, I mean, all the questions are pretty similar. So when I was going through this process, that draft process with Jordan, you know, I asked him, I said, okay, hey, you have to understand that I don't know anything about you or yeah, that the coaches or these scouts or these gyms don't know anything about you. So you got to be able to explain all those details to me as if I've never met you. I don't know who Jordan Love is. So I, you know, I said, okay, hey, tell me about your family, you know, your family background. And, you know, he said, hey, well, this is my father, this, and this is my mother and my mother's name. And these are my sister's names. And this is how we grew up. And so we went through, you know, touching that just a little bit, but never in more detail uh, than that. So that was my own experience. Just talking, you know, just talking a little bit about, about his dad. Um, Coach, I got another question, if you don't mind. Um, and it's not a Jordan Love question. It's more of a quarterback question in general. Because you see a lot of these young guys who are very, very specialized. You know, they've been going to quarterback camps since they were seven. Uh, everything they do over the year is football, is learning how to be a quarterback, how to be that guy. But a lot of the iconic quarterbacks we see learn to play different sports growing up. What's your advice or what do you see as you're kind of seeing these guys come to you for advice and what, what do you think of going that or taking that forward? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I truly believe that, uh, younger guys should play as many sports as possible until it comes down to picking two. Um, so for example, uh, myself, I played, uh, basketball, baseball and football. But once I got to high school, I said, okay, um, a couple of these overlap. Um, so let me just start to focus on basketball and or football and basketball because football came first and then basketball came second. And there's so many things that translate from the basketball side. I'm just talking in basketball or even baseball, even for for a younger, younger player. Some of those things that I cannot teach, 
um, on the football side is maybe being taught on the baseball side. And I'm talking about a, a specific movement um, or same thing with the basketball. There's so many things that from the basketball standpoint translate into football and football translates into basketball and it just works back and forth. So I would always encourage uh, younger players to play multiple sports. So for example, um, I had a quarterback who was a big time baseball player. Um, and, uh, when he came to me, of course, you know, he's played some quarterback, but his main sport was baseball. So understanding me, my baseball background and knowing some of the things that, um, that takes place. And he was a pitcher. So one thing when he would throw the football, if you can visualize this, he would pick up his left leg like a pitcher coming off the mound to step and throw a football. Okay. And I'm like, no, I want you to keep your left foot closer to the ground. Okay. I said, it's not a, it's, it's not a baseball. You're not on the mound. I said, when you pick your left leg up off the ground, it takes longer for your foot strike to hit the ground and the whole transition of the energy going from legs to the core, to the forearm, to the hand to get the ball out. So your, your release is late. So I said, okay. So I'm thinking in my head, okay, how can I get him to keep his left foot closer to the ground when he's striding into his throat? And so I thought, I said, okay, hey, if you have a runner on first base and you're pitching, okay, okay, what would you do to help, uh, to help yourself and not allow that runner to get a great jump to second base? And he goes, Oh, coach, I would use a slide step. And I said, ding, 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 ding. There you go. Okay. You don't pick up your left leg real high if you got to run on first base. So he's going to steal second base every time you use a slide step. And I said, so now I was able to use some coach and some baseball terms and something he was really familiar with to get him to do exactly what I wanted him to do. Okay. In football. And so it just automatically clicked. And that was, you know, it took a minute after that for him to fix it. So those are a lot of things I can use from different sports. Um, if I know their background to help them in, in quarterbacking. That's great. I mean, I, you've got, um, there's so many quarterback coaches around the country, right? It's, it's, a uh, it's become just a different beast that even when I first started covering the NFL in like 2010, I don't remember this many like personal private quarterback coaches working with NFL yeah. starters in the off season. Like, I think that's even why, here in Buffalo, Josh Allen can improve his accuracy. How many times have we been told over eras and decades you can't improve accuracy? Well, you can't because you're working on it year round now. Like it's Absolutely. that's a fixable thing. Uh, but when we talked a couple of years ago, I mean, you said so many fascinating things. You're doing just you're thinking outside of the box in a lot of different ways with your training. And I want to ask you about this because I had a couple of readers reach out when they read, read, read that Q and a, when did this come out? I think this was two off seasons ago, August. Yeah. August of 2022. So before the Philly game, but during those preseason games, when everybody started to get a little excited about Jordan again, um, you, you were discussing how you and Jordan were working on using your two eyes and like looking at different things with both of your eyes. Right. Like how, what is that? And how is that even possible in the pocket? Like following a receiver, knowing where the ball is going to go. Uh, how did you? Th- I guess how did you think about uh, presenting that to Jordan? And what's the benefit of it? Well, you know, I mean, I played quarterback for thirty three years, so it's it's just something to expand your vision uh, when you're throwing a route going outside or going inside. So we were just specifically talking about throwing uh, an out route to your left. And so when you're throwing to your left, I explained to Jordan, I said, I want you with your left eye to really focus on where you want the ball to be 
and with your right eye, just track the receiver into that window. So if I'm looking and you can see my head, I'm looking this way and the receiver's coming here. If I turn to look at the receiver, I turn my head, my shoulder actually closes. So I end up throwing the ball behind the receiver. Okay. So if I can keep my left eye and my left shoulder in front of the receiver. Okay. And then it forces me to use wide vision. And you can see, you know, when you, when you, you're not really focused on this, you focus on this. Now it expands your vision and you can really see the picture develop. Okay. But it always, it really just talks about how keeping your left eye and your, and your left shoulder in front of the receiver. So you can always throw the receiver open. So it's not like your eyes are doing this, you know, you know, pointing two different directions, <laughs> but it really just allows you to uh, widen your vision, have full field vision of where you're throwing the ball. So that was something that just really clicked and he goes, Oh man, that's that great. And it just really keeps you from closing your shoulder, you know, turning your head, looking at the receiver and then the receiver's coming across your face. So really uh, uh, keeps you from doing that. Where did you learn that? On the fly. I mean, something, I mean, I've, I've, I've thought about like, like, man, I can just naturally do that. And I'm like, how do I explain in words or give them a visual picture whether it's Jordan or any other quarterback I have the opportunity to work with, how can I uh, give them a visual picture of how to do that? And that's me, again, like you said, just thinking outside the box. Um, there's not, I, I believe there's, there's not bad quarterback coaches. I think they are bad communicators because if you cannot communicate the information from your head to the athlete and give it to them in a picture that they understand, then you're not a bad coach. You, you have a lot of knowledge. You just, need to work on your communication skills. And so that's me all the time thinking outside the box, whether using that baseball analogy or a pitcher, uh, pitching out of, out, of, out of the stretch and keeping that runner, you know, close to first base, you know, taking that slide step uh, or using your full field vision as far as keeping your left eye on your target on where you want to throw the ball and just using your right eye to track the, the receiver into that, that window. So those are the things, you know, I believe this helped me out as a quarterback coach to, to just communicate to the athletes. Makes all the sense in the world. Um, yeah. Is there a throw that he's made through four games where you, you, you've seen him go through that or, and I guess what's kind of impressed you most out of Jordan so far and what's something that you'd like him to, uh, to work on specifically. Um, You know, the biggest thing for me, um, I, I'm, I'm living and dying, like, you know, watching the game on TV, like on every throw, like, you know, I'm yelling, I'm yelling at the TV or, you know, I always have a, a little soft, a little softball, like a little cushion ball, you know, so I can throw at the TV. So I don't, you know, put a hole in my TV, but I'm living and dying with every throw. Cause you know, um, I want him to, I want him to be perfect because I mean, we rep, we rep every one, every throw that he's made in his last, these last games this season, we absolutely repped him. I mean, every, every, there's not a situation that he's been in that we haven't repped except for, you know, Aiden Hutchinson running down, you know, that situation. But we simulated that pressure where, hey, you got pressure in your face. Hey, give a little ground. Okay. Use your core because your feet are not underneath. You really use your core to create the energy on the ball to actually get it there. So. I just want him to do so well and, and show the organization and show the Packer nation that he, he's worth being the 26th pick. Um, so it's a little bit, uh, nerve wracking for me. Um, so I have to be careful when, when I'm talking to him, um, uh, about going overboard 
about like, oh my God, hey, you know that? Remember when we worked this situation and that throw you made against Detroit and you didn't do the proper footwork or you didn't come to balance? I have to be careful of going overboard because he has so much stuff going on already. You know, um, I got to temper my like, uh, okay. And just, and just, it's how you communicate the information. When you want to get your point across, it can't be, I can't believe you didn't do that. It has to be, Hey, Hey, remember that rep? Or I'll send him videos of him doing the exact same movement that we worked in the off season that he did not do in the game. And he goes, ah, okay. And it's just reminders. And it's, and it's how you, yeah. You can get your point across with a nice punch, but it lessens a blow on how you deliver it. You know, so I'm always careful of, of whether it's to a text message or I'm, I'm, I'm talking to him on FaceTime or on the phone, just uh, how I deliver the message. And I still want to get my point across and just remind him, hey, we, we've been through that scenario. Hey, that throw, like the throw he missed to uh, Romeo Dobbs in, in the Saints game. I think it was the Saints game. It was like a fourth and two and Romeo ran a little hitch. And Jordan didn't get his shoulders all the way over there, you know, and he, you know, you know made a bad throw. And I had a little text message, hey, we, we worked that. You got to get, you know, I call it the hallway. I said, you got to get your left shoulder in the left side of your body in the hallway that connects you to Romeo. He was like, oh, yeah, that's it. So I can say, hey, get your left side in the hallway. And he knows exactly what I'm talking about. So it's just little things like that that, you know, I can remind him of because we already went through those reps. And what's like, go, there's so, probably so much going through his head, right? And mm-hmm. he's, he's processing so much in real time. And this is the first time he's doing it in a, in a live game where that first drive against Detroit. Um, so right. Rudy Ford has the interception. You're in striking range. You got a chance to score a touchdown, make a statement and like sitting at home on the couch. It looks like he's got Romeo Dobbs open on a slant, right? And it looks like Jordan's looking right at him yeah. and he takes a sack. Like yeah. what, what do you think? I'm asking you to like get inside Jordan's head, but like what's going through his head? Um, it's probably a lot more complicated than we, we think it is at home. Yeah. You know, I mean, sometimes with, with, with younger quarterbacks that doesn't have the experience, you can, uh, you, you almost guess like, okay, based on the pre-snap look, I don't think this is going to be there, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, I don't think we're going to be there. Just where the linebacker, the linebackers kind of lined up in that window. So when you get the ball and you look and you kind of predetermine uh, yeah. what you think you're going to see. And then all of a sudden, like, dang, man, Romeo is there. You know, I should have made that throw. So, I mean, and that just comes through reps. So um, uh, it's going to be some up and down. So, hey, Packer fans, hold on. Just go, go along <laughs> with the stride. Hold on. Yeah. And, Cause I'm right there with you, you know? Um, but hey, he's, <laughs> one thing about it, he's going to figure it out. He, he's definitely going to figure it out. He's, you know, he's getting coached up very well. So when he gets to the sideline, you know, they point that out to him and, uh, you know, he's going to come back and make the correct play on, on, uh, on the next series. I mean, and, and they're getting right. They're getting their asses beat here at home. It's, it's, it's ugly. Mm-hmm. Second half, you're a two point conversion away from making it a one score game. And it kind of started there, you know, to your point on pre snap versus post snap, that mm-hmm. 24 yarder to Christian Watson. I mean, that was kind of a post snap adjustment where it seems like, okay, he gets the snap and then he realizes they're going to this Tampa two look that middle linebackers racing like hell to, to drop, but he knows Christian Watson's going to be there and he's got a wide open space. Yep. But again, he's going to take a shot. I think he took another shot on that play. He knows he's going to take it, but he, he makes the adjustment, makes the throw. Absolutely. 
No, that's that's the deal. You know, it, it looked like two different teams, you know, from the first half to the second half. And I'm and I've heard, you know, several comments like, hey, why can't you guys start like that? Why can't we start to, you know, yeah. the first half, like the second half and and get the running game going and, and get all that things, you know, hey, uh, they, they have a great staff. Coach LaFleur has a great staff and I'm sure they're going to they're going to figure it all out. And um, um, they're going to have the team ready to go this coming Monday um, in Las Vegas against the Raiders. So I'm excited. Dan had a question. Sorry to ramble on there, Dan. Hop on in. Uh, yeah, no problem. Thanks, uh, Coach Calhoun, for joining us again. Um, curious, uh, in Jordan's first three years with the Packers, by the time we got four games into the season, Jordan would be lucky if he had four plays on the field, uh, right. much less four full games. Um, how has your communication with Jordan throughout the season, or I guess for the last four weeks, been different than it has been in in previous seasons where uh you know the film shows Aaron Rodgers and now the film is showing Jordan Love great question um I am texting him or calling him a few times a week now um versus when he wasn't playing because now um I have so much uh information uh, or film to watch uh as he's going through these games where I just want to continue to remind him if he does miss a throw or, or, or his feet are not in the right position, you know, that's not allowing him to be accurate. I can remind him of things that we did in the off season that we prepared for that exact same throw. Um, but when he wasn't playing, it was just like, Hey, how are you doing this week? You know, once a week, like, Hey, how's it going? How's practice going? You know, um, um, make sure you take every rep, you know, whether it's scout team or your second team reps, like, you know, they're your reps, you're in the game, visualize all the situ- situations and scenarios that you could be in. So those conversations, you know, once a week goes to three times a week. And again, I don't want to uh, overdo it. Um, Like I'm the quarterback coach and I'm there in Green Bay. Um, I don't want to overdo it because he already, you know, he already has, you know, he's already being coached. So I have to always temper, uh, my, my, me being a coach going, okay. And just sending him something every day that I saw like, Hey, and what about this? Oh, and remember that drill we did? And Hey, remember that throw you did against Detroit or the throw you did? And you got to make sure you do. So I got to temper myself to not overdo it. Um, but I definitely just try to send him a note or two or when I'm talking to him on the phone, just, just give him a quick, like, Hey, remember that throw right here or something we worked on in off season. Um, and, you know, um, and it definitely, and I, and I say, Hey, Jordan, if, if this is too much, if I'm being overbearing, bro, you like, we have that relationship. Please tell me. He's like, no, no, no. It's, it's great to remind me of the things because I don't all the time. I don't get that all the time. He was like, Hey, and an extra pair of eyes is always great. So I always try to, you know, but that was just a conversation, you know, we had, uh, like last week. I'm like, dude, am I being overbearing? And he's like, nah, no, nah, you're good. Cause I, I, I tend to, I just want him to do so well and all my quarterbacks just to do so well. I want him to damn near be perfect. And if he's not perfect, it's really, really good and really, really good wins football games in this league. So. And now you got a lot more tape to uh, work on in the <laughs> off season too with him, I'm sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, kind of a second question I had too, uh, you know, we're getting a lot more um, uh, from Jordan at a podium uh, with the media uh, mm-hmm. and he seems very calm, 
pool of collected. Uh, it, I mean, is that the real Jordan love that you experience or him on a day to day basis? Uh, absolutely. That that's Jordan love right there. You know, that is Jordan love. Um, it's really good to, uh, to see him, uh, when he's speaking, you know, after the games or before the games. So kind of allow the Packer Nation and, and the media uh, into kind of who he is as a, uh, as a person. And the person you see in that podium, I mean, you look when he's playing the game and he's he's that confident, he's that calm, and nothing is moving fast for him. I mean, I think now uh, the game has slowed down for him in year four, um, where it's not just like this here. It's just zooming by his eyes and he's able to slow things down and really decipher what the defense is trying to do. But that is definitely Jordan Love from the podium to who you see on the field. And you can see, you can see, um, um, that same person, um, translate from the podium to the field and vice versa. What is Jordan like as, as a person? You're, I, I, do think like his play is an extension of what we see in those press conferences. It's he's uh like we said, flatline to the point. Mm-hmm. Just you can't rattle him. Right. But what, what's he into? You're around him so much, like interests, hobbies, music, like anything yeah. but football. What, what's Jordan love into? Uh, you know, he loves to play video games. Loves to spend time with his with his family and his girlfriend. Um, he's gotten into golf a little bit. Um, but he says there's something wrong with, with those specific clubs because they don't hit the ball straight. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't think it's the clubs, Jordan. It's, oh, I got to give me a new pair of clubs. Ah, no, it's, it's not the clubs, man. It's, it's the person who's holding those things. Um, but yeah, he's, he's a super laid back guy. Um, doesn't really like to do a whole lot. Um, but yeah. He, he really enjoys, you know, his friends and his family and his girlfriend and just really spending quality time with them. And of course, you know, spending time with his teammates and stuff like that. But that's, that's the guy right there. You know, it's, it's not uh, a act being put up, put on, you know, when you see him, you know, speaking on the, uh, on, on the, in the press game, uh, post game, uh, interviews and stuff like that. But, you know, when you listen to those, uh, those, uh, post game interviews, how confident he speaks in those things. That's him playing on the field without being that rah, rah, rah guy. You know, he, he says it with conviction and, you know, he gets the attention of his teammates and, and they want to go out and, and play hard for him and, and, and help him, you know, win games. So it was a little extended, um, week, I guess, from the Thursday night game to Monday. Did you guys discuss things over the phone this week in detail? Uh, you know what? Uh, I just talked to him, uh, this morning, but I just, yeah, you know, yeah. I just, you're, time, you're out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm man, you know, you, you, yeah, you guys had a, just throw the softball at the TV and yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Hey, you know, um, I didn't talk to him after the game. Like, Hey, it's a tough loss. You know, I know you guys are going to bounce back and just kind of let him have his time. You know, I'm sure he yeah. had a couple of days off between, you know, after that loss. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, text him this, uh, this morning, hey, how you doing? Are you healthy? How's practice going? He's like, hey, you know, everything's good. You know, you know, we're coming together, getting, you know, everybody back on the same page. Guys are getting healthy and, you know, we look forward to putting our best foot forward, you know, come this Monday night. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's the one thing, you know, me not overdoing it, even though, 
And I want to kind of just take him step by step by step, kind of like big brother, you know, father type deal. But I would say more big brother. Never want to use uh, the, the the father figure, you know, in in my language. So I'm never going to do that again. More of a big brother type approach um, in that, you know. And you just want him to do so well. So I always have to temper my my enthusiasm uh, for him and and the coaching part that I want him to be perfect and really, you know, show the Packers like, Hey, you, you guys made the right choice. So. Actually, even being as stoic as, as he is though, Steve, I mean, whether it's nationally, Oh, I, I've been on Adam Shine's show before like him, but he had a few things to say this off season, obviously about Jordan uh, lo- locally. I mean, when we're pumping up, pumping up Jordan here, go along. I'm hearing from the beat writers. Tell me I'm nuts. Saying he sucks, he's no good. What are you doing out there? I mean, right. I can't imagine the motivation that he can draw from what everybody's been saying about him. Who covers him locally, nationally, everywhere? Uh, does he draw any anything from all of that? Because it's been three years of buildup, and and you're, he's still going to hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you know what? None of that actually fuels him as a person. It's him wanting to be great. It's him wanting to, uh, let the, you know, the, the Packer organization know that you made the right choice. Uh, like, Hey, you know, I want to play well for you guys for, cause you guys believed in me, you know, four years ago. And so I want to return that favor, but yeah, none of the media and, and, and none of that stuff like that drives him to, uh, Oh, I want to, I want to stick it to them. I want to show him yeah. it's more on him just wanting to be the best possible uh, version of Jordan love that he can possibly be. And that's what fuels him, you know, him wanting to uh, be able to, I would say ace my workouts as he's going through my workouts. I mean, when he can absolutely crush it, you know, anything I throw at him, he wants to be able to show me like, Hey, uh, I I've heard every word you said, every coaching point that you told me, and I want to be able to put it in emotion put it in the motion, like everything I tell him verbally, he wants to show me that I could put it in the motion. And it's just like painting a picture. I can tell him, okay, hey, you know, you put this here, put this there, draw this, draw that. And for him to show me um, in motion and in live action that he can actually do it, it, it's an unbelievable feeling for me as a coach when you see my thoughts being played out live. It's just like, wow, okay, that's really cool to see. So that's what drives Jordan. Which is different than the quarterback he replaced. <laughs> Aaron's antenna is up. Uh, he will read everything and hear everything and use every slight that he can, rather, whether it's real or uh, perceived. Uh, he can hold a grudge and that, that's not a knock. I mean, that's, he uses it. I'm just so fascinated by that. Like some, cause I, I believe you. I, I don't think you're just being cliche. I, I think Jordan doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, he wants to just, he understands, you know, everybody on the team, all 53 players or 52 and him, they're all pulling in the same direction. And so he just wants to prove to them, like, Hey, I'm doing my work in off season. I know you guys are doing your work. Let's all get in the boat and row the same direction along with the coaching staff and the front office people and the trainers and the, you know, equipment people. They're all in the boat rowing the same direction. And he just wants to, you know, show them that, Hey, I'm doing my part. Um, and it doesn't matter what's going on or what's being said on the outside. I want to prove it to my organization and my teammates first before I prove it to them. 
to, to Ty's point there, uh, Aaron, I, I think probably, probably the media has made more of this than this reality of him playing best when there's a chip on his shoulder. I, but, but like, like, like you're saying, it really feels like Jordan is very much motivated very differently. And, and it gets right. to a lot of the things that we, we said about his personal makeup. But w- was there a point during that three, three years where it was getting negative for him or, or it had to at times? I mean, I think, I think you're not human if, if it doesn't bother yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. You, right. You're not human if it doesn't bother you or you, you know, you come from, you know, you, you're playing every down. I mean, from, from. Yeah corner to high school to college you're playing every night and then you get and then you don't play and it's like you don't even see like i don't, I don't have an opportunity to play i got a hall of fame right, right you know right. back to back you know mvps of the nfl just like so i'm sure i'm sure he's never yeah. talked to me about it um uh, but i'm sure um um uh, he goes it's just kind of like like when am i going to get my opportunity just to play right. again not to even prove anybody wrong, but I just want to play because he loves playing football. So I'm sure it was definitely some, some discouraging uh, moments there um, where he was just yeah. like, oh, wow. Um, but he's, he's never, you know, told me that, you know, he's always had, a, you know, a, a, a smile on his face when he came to work, work out with me. And, you know, just like, Hey, let's, let's go, let's grind. Let me just prepare myself to be the best version of me. And, uh, you know, I know I'm one play away, so I, I want to make sure I'm prepared. It, it it does seem like him and Aaron, for how it all started and everything on the outside, you know, formed a good friendship and, and as much as can be expected and, and, and to get along it well. And, and it does seem like Aaron really helped him. Were, were there any points in time where you, you had to tell him, Jordan, you're not Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> don't, don't be trying to throw it like that. Oh man, several not Aaron times. <laughs> several <laughs> times. Oh my goodness. Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, I remember uh he came back uh after his second year, uh after his second year uh with the Packers and he came to the offseason and he looked like uh uh Aaron Rodgers or trying to be an Aaron Rodgers clone, just yeah. throwing the ball off balance, you know, feeder in the air, sidearm, just leaning away, and I'm just like going, Hey. Who are you? What, what right. are you like? Hey, I said, you know, I said, Aaron, he, he's an alien. He's, he's, he's that. We, I said, normal human beings can't do that. And, you know, myself and, and, and Jordan, you, you can't do that. I said, he's an alien. I said, that stuff he does, you can't even, you can't even rep that. You can't even, there's, he's one of one when it comes to that stuff. But so there, that was the one time I'm just like going, stop. Don't, hey, <laughs> I see Aaron doing this in practice. And I said, okay, hey, you have to understand. You have to be able to separate. Okay, he has a, sk- a certain skill set and you have a skill set. Let's just get better at the skill set that, that you have and not what Aaron has and trying to mimic that. So, yeah, there was that, that second offseason. I'm like, Phew. yeah, well, I was ready to tackle him right there. I saw him do all that stuff. I tell him, <laughs> like, hey, no, no, no. Let's just do what we do and let's get better at it. It's, it's funny that you say that specifically because, like, Aaron at one point in time, right about that same time frame, said that he noticed that one of the problems he had was not sticking with his base enough. Mm-hmm. And he was doing too much of that stuff, too. And then Jordan mimicking it. Any, any throws yeah. that Jordan has made that you're like, man, you didn't did not make that when we were repping it. And you did make it in the game. 
anything like that or you guys just rip the heck yeah. out of everything no no i mean there's a yeah. uh it might have been in the preseason um where he's kind of rolling to his, his left and he kind of went sidearm and threw it to Romeo in the end zone. Uh, I can't, you know, uh, think right. Uh, yeah. But I'm just like, okay. Cause I don't, I don't let, I don't, I ain't gonna say I don't let them, but I encourage them not to throw the ball. Um, um, or we're not going to rep throwing sidearm passes around people underneath people's arms. We're not going to rep that. I just feel that you're a good enough athlete to impromptu make that throw. We're not going to rep mm. it. I don't want to teach bad habits at all. Yeah. We're always going to come over the top and, and do those things. And then in a situation with probably, and it only happens two or three times a game where you got to throw a ball underneath a defender running at you or, you know, falling away to your left and throw it back a little bit to your right. Um, that only happens two or three times a game. Um, so we're not going to rep it 30 or 40 times for something that, right. you know, possibly happened only three times. I feel that's, that's taken away from the, the great fundamentals that you can actually be working on versus, okay, I'm a good athlete yeah, and I can make that throw. So, yeah, but that, that's definitely, um, that's one of the throws that kind of sticks in my head. He's moving to his yeah, left. Throws. So it's that's, been it's a damn good throw. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's been <laughs> definitely exciting to see. Well, you see now, Steve, it's a matter of, uh, Nathaniel Hackett. Hopefully I'm not breaking any codes, Nate Hackett. So sorry about that. It's a matter of, of Hackett, uh, stepping in and telling Aaron Rodgers, look, that's stuff Jordan can do. You can't do it right now at your old age. You can't. You can't. Don't be moving like that. You're gonna. All right. Yeah. Too soon. Too soon. But uh, he'll he'll be back. Maybe they'll even play each other one day. We'll see. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we had one more question here. I don't want to. Oh, that's just Chris uh, signing off. Did anybody else have anything for Steve here before we close it up? That was awesome, Steve. Man, I cannot thank you enough for all your time, um, stories, Q&As, podcasts, happy hours. We're all smarter football consumers because you're willing to open up like you have been. So thank you. No, no. Thank you for you know allowing me to uh, have this opportunity to, to you know, kind of explain what's kind of going on in my head. You know, sometimes I feel like I'm a mad scientist, you know, talk about some of the coaching points, you know, uh, you know, but I get a chance to explain that and, and really take you know, your listeners in to what's going on in the quarterback's head and what's in my head to try to get to uh, get them to do, you know, in the off season, you know, so it's been unbelievable to be, have the opportunity to explain that. So thank you. Anytime, man, open invite. You just say the word and you can just uh, barge your way into our world. So th- thank you so much, Steve. Not a problem. You guys enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, guys. Thank Bye. you, guys. Hey, Bye. thanks to everybody for hanging out here on the happy hour. We'll, we'll definitely mix in some some more noon kickoffs here so our, our UK, our legion of UK subscribers there can, can join it. <laughs> thanks, guys. Take care. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Yeah.